All right. It is Friday. And as you know, we do our financial news wrap up on Fridays with Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for this. Uh, You have no idea how much I look forward to these. This is kind of like my capstone of the week. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. So let's just get right into it. We've been, you know, for the last three weeks, we've been talking about Toys for Tots. Share the good news. Yeah. So first and foremost, Ty, thank you very much for for allowing us to post the Toys for Tots on these videos. Uh, We put out a challenge to our combined audiences that both of us would match the first $2,000. And I'm happy to report that our audiences exceeded $2,000. So you and I uh, will be cutting $2,000 checks or credit cards or however you want to do it to Toys for Tots, which makes over $6,000 from our combined networks. And most of all, this, this, that is awesome. Round of applause for everyone. On top of that, Ty, I had three people reach out to me this morning saying, guys, Michael, I know it's the last day. Last time we heard you were $500 short. If by chance you are still short, my family's got you. We will personally make up the difference. I mean, how awesome is that, right? Again, we got to the number, we're good, but there were at least three and there was probably more that are like, hey, if you're still short, tell me, I'll write the check. So this, this community that we have together, One Rental at a Time, Squad Up is um, made up of some pretty awesome individuals. So thank you to everyone. Uh, just, just that's, it's so awesome. It's just so awesome. I love it. Thank you, everybody. Everybody who supported, everybody that participated. Again, if you did participate, if you did donate, doesn't matter, five bucks, 10 bucks, doesn't matter. Make sure to message both Michael and I, because we're going to do something special in the new year. We want to make sure that you get an invite for that. So um, we are going to do a special coaching call for that. Um, I love it, Michael. That's awesome, man. So uh, let's get into the news on PPI. What's going on there? Yeah, so a big inflation number came out, uh, highest on record. The records go back to the 80s, I believe. I think it was 9.8% purchase uh, price index, uh, producer price index, sorry, producer price index. Uh, this is an important one because it kind of it, it kind of leads CPI. We got CPI last week, which was a horrible number, which we'll talk about in a minute. I think it's even worse than that. But PPI is up 9.8%, not good. Uh, means inflation probably hasn't peaked. Uh, it, it, it means the Fed's got to do something. And again, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, PPI, not good news. Interesting. Interesting. What about CPI? What's going yes. on? With- so CPI, we got last week, we talked about it, it was 6.8, but frankly, it bothered me. It bugged me because it, it calculated, right? When you broke down CPI, it was only calculating a rent increase factor of 3.5%, which is just wrong, right? So I spent some time over the weekend doing the math, backing out the 3.5, adding in what is more like 15%. And the new math on CPI is 10% even. Just by correcting the um, altitude or height or whatever you want to call it of rent, because it's not up 3.5%. It's just not. The lowest reading I found was 15. So I used it versus using the highest of 17.7. So yeah, CPI was actually 10%. Last week, it was crazy hot at 6.8. What if the government was going to say it was 10%? How would you feel? So inflation is bad, 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 bad. It's interesting, too, because, I mean, it definitely um, in some categories, it feels like some things have even, you know, doubled and tripled, you know, and so even if you have. (laughs) So, yeah, it's not good. 
Very interesting. So let's talk about the Fed. What's going on with the Fed this week? Yeah, so the Fed finally relented. The Fed is taking their foot off the gas. So what they've been doing is they've been flooding the world with currency and units and all of these things. They've kept rates really low. Uh, so they've taken their foot off. They're going to taper faster. What does that mean? It means they were buying 100 billion. Now they're going to buy less. Uh, originally, they were going to be done tapering in June. Now they're going to be done in March. So faster. And then they've indicated that uh, we're going to have to raise rates. And right now, the average says they're going to raise rates three times next year, which is game changing. Because historically, they said no rate raises next year. If you've been watching our conversations in my channel, you know that I thought that was bogus for over a year now uh, because I'm seeing, seeing inflation kind of percolate. So uh, now the Fed agrees and they're talking about potentially three rate increases. And really what this is, is this is, this is the Fed was your friend. The Fed rose asset prices everywhere because they were pushing capital into the market. Now the Fed is going to extract capital from the market. And uh, that just means it's going to get harder to make money. Um, asset prices, as you've seen in the stock market the last two days, are going to adjust to a new reality. And uh, I think there's some pain in lots of places coming. Interesting. Very interesting. So let's talk about in terms, you mentioned something about potentially where they may have to force a recession. And you talked about last week, we talked about, can you, Volkner, we mm -hmm. talked about Jerome Powell. Yeah. Can you just revisit that just sure. for a moment and kind of connect the dots with what you just shared about the Fed? Absolutely. So Jerome Powell, historically, at least up until this week, has been what people would call a dove. Means he's uh, he wants to keep the easy money going. What happened this week is he became a hawk. And he became more of a hawk than people were expecting. I have this word. I, basically, Paul Volcker, in my opinion, was the last Fed president that took inflation serious. And he rose rates. When your parents talk about mortgage rates at 10, 12, 13, 100% Paul Volcker did that. And um, he was willing to suffer pain. And that pain was a pretty substantial recession, but it broke the back of inflation. So what I'm starting to think is maybe Jerome Powell, because again, if CPI is at 10% and PPI is at 9.8, inflation is bad. Is Jerome Powell now more of a hawk? Is he willing to create a recession because one of the ways you break the back of inflation is you cause a recession. You, you institute the business cycle. And I don't know yet, but it looks like a recession could be around the corner, in my opinion. I want to follow that up. And I just want to ask one more follow-up question on sure. this because I know I, th I think we're good for time. Yeah. With regard to that, so if we go into a recession, and again, we're talking, we're not talking about specifically real estate. No, this no. We're talking about a national economy. If we go into a recession, how do you see that affecting our single family, multifamily, the one rental at a time investor specifically? That is a great question. Because again, I think it leads to the real estate slowdown. I think what a, what a recession would occur in the economy is you would have more forced sellers, right? You would, you, people don't have jobs. They can't make mortgage. They would sell because they have equity. So I think inventory goes up. I think we get back to a normal market. We are so far below a normal market tie that you could double inventory and we'd be back to normal. I think a recession leads to a normal economy. I think real estate slows down. I think transactions fall. So again, if you're a real estate agent and you're used to doing 40 transactions, you need to run a business at 30 transactions. I just think the real estate market slows down. It does not crash. Does not crash. I love it. No crash. 
Don't believe the hype. No crash. Mm-hmm. I love it too. For our real estate community, if we do go into a recession, I feel like the person doing 30 or 40 deals who really is a go-getter and is out there really working potentially also grows and gets a bigger piece of market share. It goes to 50 or 60. They could, because again, what you will see in a recession is the pretenders will evaporate. Yep. The, the one percenters will grow. Every recession, recessions are a great time to create profit, to grow businesses. They just are. Because most of the pretenders cower because it's hard and they disappear. So don't be a pretender. I love it. I love it. Uh, I love it. Let's let's wrap up with California stats, man. You got me on the edge of my seat here. Tell me about <laughs> the California stats. What's going on here in California? So if, if you've been watching my uh, channel for any length of time, this is this is 18 months ago. So you'd have to be an OG to catch this. I was talking about the state of California potentially being so almost anti-tech that we would lose the next generation of population, right? I was talking about PhDs and computer science and master's degrees, no longer coming to San Francisco, no longer coming to Silicon Valley and going elsewhere. Lo and behold, it is happening. So 38% drop in people moving to California. So think about the college graduate, the person that would usually come if tech was hot. They're not coming. They're going to Texas. They're going to Miami. They're going to Nashville. 38% drop. And again, you won't feel that in California real estate year one. But what is going to happen is we're going to miss that next wave of equity and appreciation. These folks aren't coming. Not only do we have a 38% drop in people coming, we have 12% moving out. Again, Tesla left. Other people left. This is not good. San Francisco, you are suffering. And frankly, you deserve it based on your leadership. 45% drop in people coming to San Francisco. It probably doesn't, no surprise, right? Tech has been shut down. You got to work from home. Nobody's moving there. 45% drop. They're going somewhere. They're going to Texas. They're going to Arizona. They're going to Vegas, Miami, wherever it is. And again, 12%. And again, when you talk about moving out of San Francisco, you're rich. Right. If you can afford to live there, you're rich. So you're losing 12% of the people to move out of state from San Francisco. So I think uh, the leadership in San Francisco is getting what they deserve. And uh, the governor of California, uh, this is a very slippery slope that he's on because you're missing that next generation. And uh, California could be suffering if this, this trend continues. It's definitely not good. Very interesting times for sure. Well, Michael, as always, thank you so much for all that you share, all your research, all the time you put in. Um, I want to encourage everybody, if you are, for some reason, I can't imagine, but if you're not following Michael on YouTube, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, do yourself a favor, follow him. This man puts out the best real estate content in the country. Also, too, we are going to repost the link for Toys for Tots. Obviously, thank you, everybody who contributed if a few of you watch this today or this weekend and you want to give, yeah. please give, participate. It's a great cause. It's for the kids. Uh, Michael, thank you for all that you do, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks, brother.